0: In today's reading we'll be looking at Nehemiah chapters 11 through 13 and then a psalm written as the exiles returned in Psalm 126. In chapter 11 we see that repopulating Jerusalem is the task at hand. Verse 1 And the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people also cast lots to bring one of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine parts to dwell in other cities. And the people blessed all the men that willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. Now these are the chief of the province that dwelt in Jerusalem. But in the cities of Judah dwelt everyone in his possession in their cities, to wit Israel, the priest and the Levites, and the Nethanims, and the children of Solomon's servants. And at Jerusalem dwelt certain of the children of Judah, and of the children of Benjamin. Of the children of Judah, Athaiah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Amariah, the son of Shephatiah, the son of Mahalalel, of the children of Perez, and Maaseah, the son of Barak, the son of kal the son of ha the son of Adaiah, the son of Joerab, the son of Zechariah, the son of Shaloni. All the sons of Perez that dwelt at Jerusalem were four hundred threescore and eight valiant men. And these are the sons of Benjamin, Salu, the son of Meshalam, son of Joad, the son of Padaiah, the son of Kaleah, the son of Maaseah, the son of Ithael, the son of Jesaiah, and after him Gabbai, Salai, 920 and 8. And Joel, the son of Zichariah, was their overseer, and Judah, the son of Sinoah, was second over the city, of the priest Judea, the son of Joerub, Jacob. Zariah, the son of Helichah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Mereoph, the son of Ahitub was the ruler of the house of God. And their brethren that did the work of the house were 820 and 2. And Nadeah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Peleliah, the son of Amzai, the son of Zechariah, the son of Pashur, the son of Malchiah, and his brethren chief of the fathers, 240 and 2. And Amishai, the son of Azrael, the son of Ahasai, the son of Meshalomoth, the son of Emer. And their brethren, mighty men of valor, in 120 and 8. And their overseer was Zabdael, the son of one of the great men. Also the Levite, Shemaiah, the son of Hashub, the son of Azrikam, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Bunai. And Shebathai and Jozabad of the chief of the Levites, had the oversight of the outward business of the house of God. And Madaniah, the son of Micah, the son of azabdi the son of Asaph, was the principal to begin the thanksgiving in prayer, and Bacbukkiah, the second among his brethren, and Abda, the son of Shammuah, the son of Galil, the son of Jeditham. All the Levites in the holy city were two hundred fourscore and four. Moreover, the porters, Akab, Talman, and their brethren that kept the gates, were in 170 and 2. And the residue of Israel, the priests, and the Levites, were in all the cities of Judah, every one in his inheritance. But the Nethanims dwelt in Ophel, and Zihah and Gispa were over the Nethanims. The overseer also of the Levites at Jerusalem was Uzziah, the son of Bani, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micah the sons of Asaph, the singers, were over the business of the house of God. For it was the king's commandment concerning them that a certain portion should be for the singers due for every day. And Pethaniah, the son of Meshezabel, of the children of Zerah, the son of Judah, was at the king's hand in all matters concerning the people. And for the villages with their fields, some of the children of Judah dwelt at Purjat Arba and in the villages thereof, and at Dibon, and in the villages thereof, and at Jacobzael and in the villages thereof, and at Jeshua and at Malada, and at Beth Philat, and at Hazarshul and at Beersheba and in the villages thereof, and at Ziklag and at Makona, and in the villages thereof, and at Enrimin and at Zaream, and at Jarmuth. Zanoah, Adullam, and in their villages, at Lachish, and the fields thereof, at Azekah, and in their villages thereof, and they dwelt from Beersheba into the valley of Hinnom. The children also of Benjamin from Geba dwelt at Michmash, and uh, Aijah, and Bethel, and in their villages, and at Anathoth, Nob, Ananiah, Hazer, Ramah, Gitaim hated Zeboam Nebalet Lode and Ono the valley of craftsmen and of the levites were divisions in Judah and in Benjamin so in nehemiah chapters 8 through 10 we see that the jews had finished rebuilding the wall around jerusalem and they began making preparations to inhabit their rebuilt city under the authority of their one true god apparently not everyone wanted to necessarily live in jerusalem after it had been rebuilt why Well, it had taken some time to rebuild the city, and they'd settled elsewhere over those years since they had returned from exile. Additionally, Jerusalem was a controversial city among the non-Jewish neighbors who were jealous of the Jews. Jerusalem would be a lightning rod over the centuries. As a matter of fact, still a lightning rod today. Then again, some people just prefer rural living over the city. However, the city needs to be inhabited by Jews. So, the first step in the repopulating process of the city is to get volunteers from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. We see that in verses 2-9. through It had been determined that 10% of the people who live in Judah should live in Jerusalem. We saw that in verse 1. So, to determine which families should live in Jerusalem, they used a lottery system. So, who are considered the winners? Are they the people selected or the people not selected to live in Jerusalem? Well, it's not really like that. The lottery was viewed as the manner for which they determined God's will in a matter. We see the practicing of the lottery had a scriptural precedent even before this time. Proverbs 16:33 says it like this, "The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord." We see a precedent in Leviticus chapter 16 verses 1 through 10. That validates it as a God recognized way for determining God's mind on an issue. The casting of lots was used in that passage to determine which goat would be freed, the scapegoat, and which one would be sacrificed. The discovery of Achan as the culprit was apparently done by casting lots in Joshua chapter 7, verses 10 through 26. And that's also the method used for distributing the land to the tribes of Israel in Joshua chapter 16. Saul was, uh, furthermore, identified as the new king by Samuel, presumably with lots in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 19 to 24. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 36 through 43, Saul used the technique of casting lots to identify his own son, who was an unlikely suspect, as the culprit in that issue. So, you see, the lot was used to determine God's will in the mind of the Jews, So if the lottery selected you to live in Jerusalem, you view that as the divine providence of God. It was a mission, so to speak. So here's a list of the people who would inhabit Jerusalem. You'll see some familiar names from 1 Chronicles chapter 9, which is a list of those who were originally deported to Babylon back between 605 and 582 B.C. in the three deportations that took place over those years. About half the names in the two lists are identical. That list goes down through verse 19. You'll notice in verses 4 through 8 that the Jews who moved there were from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Originally, Jerusalem was located within the territory allocated to Benjamin. Down through verse 19, this list includes secular leaders, verse 9, priests in verses 10 through 14, and Levites in verses 15 through 18, and also gatekeepers in verse 19. Verse 20 draws a conclusion to this list, but verses 21 to 24 provide some additional detail to the list. Beginning in verse 21, we see information with regard to the returning exiles who lived outside the city of Jerusalem. In chapter 12, we get a list of the Levites and the priests who went back to Jerusalem with Zerubbabel. Verse 1. Now these are the priests and the Levites that went up with Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel and Jeshua, Sariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Malak, Hattish, Shechaniah, Rehum, Merimoth, Idom, Genethon, Abijah, Maiman, Maadiah, Bilgar, and Enjoreb, Judea, Salu, Amik, Hilkiah, Judea, These were the chief of the priests and of their brethren in the days of Jeshua. Moreover, the Levites, Jeshua, Benoim, Kadmael, Sherebiah, Judah, Madaniah, which was over the thanksgiving, he and his brethren. Also bok and Unai, their brethren were over against them in the watches. And Jeshua begat Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim also begat Elishab, and Elishab begat Joiada, and Joedah begat Jonathan, and Jonathan begat Jaduah. And in the days of Jehoiakim were priests, the chief of the fathers of Seraiah, Moriah, of Jeremiah, Hananiah, of Ezra, Meshulam, of Amariah, Jehahanan, of Melchuh, Jonathan, of Shebaniah. Joseph of Haram, Adda, Marios, Helkai, of Idom, Zechariah, of Ginathon, Meshalim, of Abijah, Zichri, of Minyamen, of Moadiah, Hiltai, of Bilga, Shamua, of Shemaiah, Jehonathan, and of Matani, of Judea, Huzai of Sala'i, Kala'i, of Amek, Eber, of Hilkiah, Hashabiah of Judea, Nethanel. The Levites in the days of Elishab, Joidah, and Johanan, and Jaddua were recorded chief of the fathers, also the priests, to the reign of Darius the Persian. The sons of Levi, the chief of the fathers, were written in the book of the Chronicles even until the days of Johanan, the son of Elisha. And the chief of the Levites, Ashabiah, Sherebiah, and Jeshua, the son of Kadmael, with their brethren over against them to praise and to give thanks according to the commandment of David, the man of God, ward over against ward, Mataniah and Bacbukkiah, Obadiah, Meshulam, Talman, Achob, were porters keeping the ward at the thresholds of the gates. These were in the days of Joachim, the son of Jeshua, the son of Josedach, and in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and of Ezra, the priest, the scribe. Well, we just read another list of returning exiles. These people, though, were priests and Levites. Remember, all priests were Levites, but not all Levites were priests. However, the whole Levite tribe did have duties relative to the tabernacle and later the temple worship, at least when things were being done correctly. These lists in Ezra and Nehemiah are not the most interesting reading. Well, okay, not interesting at all, perhaps. But to the Jews, they contain critical information. The pedigree for a Jew was a vital statistic. Recall Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, where Paul himself proclaims that he was born of the tribe of Benjamin. That means that Paul could trace his genealogy back some 2,000 years or so. And if that far, all the way back to Adam, of course. I once worked very hard on my genealogy over a period of three years, and I could only get my ancestry back to about 250 years. Think about the implications here. With writing materials as plenteous as they are today, we can only go back a few generations with our own ancestry, Yet with the scarcity of writing materials, many, if not most, Jews could trace their ancestry all the way back to the beginning of creation, literally 4,000 years. Yes, I'd say they viewed it with some great importance, wouldn't you? As a matter of fact, for those who work so hard to try to fulfill the mandates of the Old Testament, may I suggest to you that a serious genealogical search is one of the clear mandates of the Old Testament. However, it is clear that genealogical roots are not an important part of New Testament Christian living. The moment we get saved, we can immediately trace our genealogy back to spiritual significance. Romans 8:16 and 17 says that we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And you know, that's really all I need to know. Then beginning with verse 27, we have the musical Levites, verse 27. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites, out of all their places, to bring them to Jerusalem, to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and with singing, with cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. And the sons of the singers gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country, round about Jerusalem, and from the villages of Nataphathai, also from the house of Gilgal, and out of the fields of Geba and Azmaveth for the singers had built of them villages round about Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people in the gates and the wall. Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them that gave thanks, whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dung gate, and after them were Hoshea and half of the princes of Judah, and Azariah, Ezra, and Meshulam. Judah, and Benjamin, and Shemaiah, and Jeremiah. And certain of the priest's sons with trumpets, namely, Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Mattaniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zachar, the son of Asaph, and his brethren Shemaiah, and Azrael, Mala'ai, Gila'ai, Ma'ai, Nathanael, and Judah, Anani, with the musical instruments of David the man of God, and Ezra the scribe before them. And at the fountain gate which was over against them, they went up by the stairs of the city of David, at the going up of the wall above the house of David, even into the water gate eastward. And the other company of them that gave thanks went over against them, and I after them, and the half of the people up on the wall, from beyond the tower of the furnaces, even into the broad wall and from above the gate of Ephraim, and above the old gate, and above the fish gate, and the tower of Hananael, and the tower of Mea, even into the sheep gate, and they stood still in the prison gate. So stood the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God, and I and the half of the rulers with me, and the priest Eliakim, Maaseah, Maniamon, Micaiah, Eliah, i Zechariah, and Hananiah with trumpets, and Maaseiah, and Shemaiah, and Eleazar, and Uzziah, and Jehohanan, and Malchijah, and Elam, and Ezer, and the singers sang loud with Jezreha, their overseer. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. And at that time were some appointed over the chambers for the treasuries, for the offerings, for the firstfruits, and for the tithes, to gather unto them out of the fields of the cities the portions of the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah rejoiced for the priests and for the Levites that waited. And both the singers and the porters kept the ward of their God and the ward of the purification according to the commandment of David, And of Solomon his son. For in the days of David and of Asaph of old were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. And all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave the portions of the singers and the porters every day his portion, and they sanctified holy things unto the Levites, and the Levites sanctified them unto the children of Aaron. We see here that the choir is very important. They took their positions up on the wall. Per King David's specification, the contingency of Levites were responsible for providing the music worship of Israel along with all the other aspects of worship. We see that in 1 Chronicles chapters 23-25. through 25. So there are your Levites in charge of the offerings in verse 44. Now we're set up just like the good old days under King David, well more or less, The priests and Levites are in place, and it's time to dedicate the new wall around Jerusalem. This is the best it's been since the city fell to the Babylonians. As a matter of fact, it is better considering the siege on Jerusalem for the two decades before its actual fall. One important thing is missing, though. Autonomy. Yes, they're back, but they're still under Persian rule. The glory of the former days under David aren't quite realized here. Many of the prophecies are fulfilled at this point, but the messianic prophecies aren't. Those are reserved for the yet future millennium. Then in chapter 13, we see that Nehemiah institutes some final reforms. Verse 1. On that day they read in the book of Moses and the audience of the people, and therein was found written that the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God forever, because they met not the children of Israel with bread and with water, that hired Balaam against them, that he should curse them, howbeit our God turned the curse into a blessing. Now it came to pass, when they had heard the law, that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. And before this, Elisha, the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. And he had prepared for him a great chamber, where aforetime they laid the meat offerings, the frankincense, the vessels, and the tithes of the corn the new wine, and the oil, which was commanded to be given to the Levites and the singers and the porters and the offerings of the priests. But in all this time was not I at Jerusalem, for in the two-and-thirtieth year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, came I unto the king. And after certain days obtained I leave of the king. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Eliashib did for Tobiah, in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. And it grieved me sore, therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I commanded, and they cleansed the chambers, and thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God, with the meat offering and the frankincense. And I perceived that the portion of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled every one to his field. Then contended I with the rulers, and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn, and the new wine, and the oil unto the treasuries. Now made treasurers over the treasuries, Shelomiah the priest, and Zadok the scribe, and of the Levites, Padeah. And next to him was Hanan the son of Zachar the son of Mattaniah, for they were counted faithful, and their office was to distribute unto their brethren. Remember me, O God, concerning this, and wipe wh- not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God, and for the offices thereof. In those days saw I and Judah some treading winepresses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheaves and lading asses, as also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. There dwelt men of Tyre, also therein, which brought fish, and all manner of ware, and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah, and in Jerusalem. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah, and said unto them, What evil thing is this that ye do, and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our God bring all this evil upon us, and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath." And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut, and charged that they should not be opened till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants said I at the gates, that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So the merchants and sellers of all kind of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them, and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. For that time forth came they no more on the Sabbath. And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves, and that they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. In those days also I saw Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod, And cannot speak in the Jews language but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them and plucked off their hair. And made them swear by God saying ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons. Nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. Did not Solomon king of Israel sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God. And God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God in marrying strange wives? And one of the sons of Jehoiada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat the Horonite. Therefore I chased him from me. Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Thus cleansed I them from all strangers, and appointed the wards of the priests and the Levites, every one in his business. And for the wood offering at times appointed, and for the firstfruits, remember me, O my God, for good. So we see in this passage that they spent some more time hearing the law read openly and publicly. Well now Deuteronomy 23.3 says the following, An Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their tenth generation, so they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Interestingly, when they came to this passage, they understood to their tenth generation to mean forever as we see in verse 1. Well, who's going to wait around that long anyway? Apparently this introduces the next issue. Nehemiah shuttled back and forth between Jerusalem and Persia. On one of these trips, he noticed one of the rooms in the temple had been furnished for Tobiah, an enemy Ammonite, who resisted the rebuilding of Jerusalem. He was married into the priest, Eliashib's family. Nehemiah was appalled and threw his stuff, verse 8, out of the temple. He also noticed that the Levites were not being funded properly. He fixed that problem. Another problem was a disregard for the Sabbath in Judah. He rebuked the leadership. As far as the commerce taking place on the Sabbath, Nehemiah had the gates locked up on Friday at sundown until nightfall on Saturday. He put a stop to that also. Then there was the intermarriage thing with the priesthood. Nehemiah reminds them that foreign women were the downfall of Solomon. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1-8, through and Nehemiah points that out. Verse 31 seems to indicate that Nehemiah cleaned house and all these violations of the law. Look at the brief prayer Nehemiah issues on behalf of the Levites left in charge in his absence in verse 29, where he says, Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Let's pay particular attention to the two verses that deal with King Solomon here. Verse 26 says, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among nations was there no king like him, who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God in marrying strange wives? Nehemiah makes the following points about King Solomon in these two verses. Solomon sinned, but Solomon was a great king who was beloved of his God. God made Solomon the king over all Israel, but Solomon's sin was as the result of his affiliation with outlandish women. Therefore, marrying strange, which means unacceptable foreigners, Marrying strange wives is a transgression against God. That's the reasoning used here. Incidentally, Nehemiah is simply developing a point that was well accepted among the Jews already about King Solomon. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1-8. through King Solomon's relationship with his 1,000 wives and concubines caused Israel a great deal of future problems. Among these same people, this marrying pagan women problem during this era also receives a lot of attention in Ezra chapters 9 and 10, and again in Malachi chapter 2, verses 10 through 17. Isn't it interesting how quickly these Jews went from exuberance over the restoration of Jerusalem and the temple to life as usual? The same life that had led to their demise a century or so earlier. Let's face it. Satan never gives up on bringing discouraging circumstances our way. Satan can't stand to see the people of God living in victory. Now we're going to read a short psalm, Psalm 126, which was written by the exiles, an unknown writer, uh, on the return to Jerusalem. Psalm 126, verse 1. It's a song of degrees. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalms 120 to 134 are introduced by the subtitle that says a song of degrees. We're not certain what these Hebrew superscriptions mean. The Hebrew word for degrees there means steps of ascent. The Mishnah, which is the Jewish collection of writings on Jewish thought and tradition, assigns the collection of 15 songs, these 15, 120 through 134, with the 15 steps of the temple suggesting that the Levites sang these songs of ascents. Perhaps, but it may rather be that the songs were so subtitled because they were sung in the three annual festival processions as the participants ascended to Jerusalem. Those three annual festivals were Unleavened Bread, first fruits, and Tabernacles. Notice the first verse here. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. The author is not identified, but this psalm undoubtedly belongs to the time of the returning exiles to Jerusalem. That puts verses 5 and 6 into perspective for us. Those verses say, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The come again there in that verse surely references the return of the exiles to Jerusalem. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today.